Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Product Boss Podcast. I'm your host, Jacqueline Siner, with my lovely co-host, Mina Kunlo-Sitap. Hey, Mina. Hey, Jacqueline. So we are so excited today to have Danielle Spurge of the Merriweather Council on this episode. The Merriweather Council is a podcast, and she also has an amazing community where she helps makers grow their business and navigate the business of making products. And they sell on Etsy and other platforms as well. And we were so excited to have Danielle as a guest on this episode because we are leading up to a launch of our next mastermind, Holiday to Halo, that will start in September. And Danielle is big on prepping her listeners and prepping her community on preparing for the holiday time. And she actually has her people, as she talks about in the episode, start prepping in June for their holiday sales. So she's at least six months out from the time they're going to sell. And so she talks about the things and recommendations that she tells her listeners to start doing now. Yeah, that just goes to show you how important the holiday season is, right? That Q4 to Q1 season, because everybody's ready to buy, everybody's ready to gift people stuff. And you need to start early to really think about a plan. Otherwise, you know, you're going to get overwhelmed with all the things holiday season. And it's hard to want to even think about it when you are wrapping 50 gifts. (laughs) (laughs) And you have family over or you're traveling places. But we just thought that she, her message aligned so well with the Holiday Halo Mastermind. And we just wanted to chat with you about that for a sec. I know you've been hearing us talk about it a lot, but we find it so important. We have run our mastermind at all different quarters and different times of the year. And this launch was really strategically planned for you, for our community, that we know the summer is crazy. Summer needs to be taken off by a lot of people. But once kids go back to school or the season starts to change in September, people are digging back into their businesses. And you only have a short amount of time before holiday really kicks in. So let's think about it. People are kind of prepping for Thanksgiving. They're not really buying things because most people are waiting for Thanksgiving after Thanksgiving sales, right? Black Friday, Cyber Monday, they're looking for steep discounts. Maybe really prepared people are buying before and they're okay paying full price or they're buying something customized or something really special that they kind of know isn't going to go on sale. But then they're waiting on those sales. Then the sales stop. Some people have missed them. Some people are still buying. And so what Danielle talks about is that you really only have 18 days to purchase and for, for your sales to come in from your customers and for you to ship out, in that 18 days, you do not have time to be doing all the other things like creating your content, getting out there on social media. Um, it all sort of has to be systematized and pre-planned so that you're good to go. So when that sale time happens, one, sales are coming in and two, you're prepped for those sales and that you're shipping out. And that's the goal of this mastermind. We really want to dig in deep with our listeners and with our community and help you guys prep September and October to be ready for the Black Friday, the five days that Mina talks about that sell between Black Friday and Cyber Monday, and then where to push you from there so that you can turn out the most amount of money and the most amount of sales that you possibly can by the end of this year. Yeah, it's all in the preparation. This is just like when you try to cook for your first holiday season, your first Christmas, and it's all in the prep work, right? So it's getting all those things aligned. It's having the 
decorations ready. It's purchasing all the gifts ahead of time. So you're getting all your ducks in a row and you are just making it happen because you have a good plan in place. So, you know, if you want to be hostess with the mostess and get, you know, that chicken dinner or that turkey dinner out in time, then you are going to have to plan ahead. That's the same way it is for holiday sales. You do not want to be scurrying around, figuring out what recipes you want to do because you want to plan ahead and then batch everything and automate it. So then you can just have fun during the holiday still and enjoy your family and your friends. And think about that 80-20 rule. So 80% of your sales could come in and 20% of the time of the holiday time. And it is just such a big time whether you're going to clear out of inventory. Um, We also want to talk to you in the mastermind about the inventory that you're currently sitting on, what you can do with it. Like we just went through um, Amazon Prime Day where it's a time in the middle of the year to just sell, 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 to clear out of some of your stuff, to create that cash flow, to invest back into your business, to prep for um, the holiday season. And that's something I also think we're going to focus on is like creating your own Amazon Prime Day. So (laughs) we just hit the middle, you know, we're in the summer and there's Amazon Prime and not everyone sells on it. But we also want to talk about moving some of your product out to make room for new stuff. So if we go through Q1, basically we're going to get to March, then there's going to be a whole other cycle moving into the next season. So whether it's your on your downtime or it's a busy season for you because Christmas may not be the busy season for everybody, but everybody has a season. Yep. There's Mother's Day. You could do Christmas in July. A lot of people do that to kind of form their own sale, but there's always ways that you can create promotion. Um, But one of the points, I think I brought it up in the interview with Danielle, is that Q4 and Q1 is so important for any business, even if your busy season does not fall into it. Because people want to buy. They also are in the, you know, buying for others mood like no other. So they are not only spending on themselves and their family, they're spending on friends and family. So they're buying, their purchasing power is like the most it will ever be in any time of year. And even if you don't have a holiday-esque item, they could just be buying it because they're like, oh, I need this anyways. I mean, you know, and then I save my click time on Amazon Prime later on, basically. (laughs) So I think it's important for any sort of business, Q4 and Q1, to really get your strategy like really intact. And then for the following year, you'll be able to know even more for for what's going to happen. Absolutely. So listening to this episode with Danielle is incredible. She works with makers. She works with people that are not yet, they're still making their product, but they're product businesses, product entrepreneurs, and they are still shipping directly to their customers and scaling their businesses. And so we're just so excited to have her on the podcast. So let's dig into her episode. Welcome to the Product Boss Podcast, where we help product-based businesses grow their sales and improve their strategies. Hey, everyone. I want to introduce you to my co-host and biz bestie, Mina Kunlo-Sitap, an Amazon guru that has built a multi-six-figure product-based business. And introducing the other half of the Product Boss, Jacqueline Snyder. She has helped launch and grow over 500 fashion apparel and accessory brands, even one of her own. And together, we share our inventory of secret weapons that will help you dig deep and do the work it takes. Are you ready? Let's build together. 
Hey everyone. So we are so excited today. We have Danielle Spurge of the Meriwether Council joining the product boss. Hey Danielle, welcome. Hi, thank you so much for having me today. And so uh, Danielle, tell us a little bit about your business and what you do for product entrepreneurs. Uh, My business focuses on helping handmade product sellers bring their product to market so that other people can find it and buy it, Um, marketing that product, and basically just turning their crafty tendencies into profits that they can obviously then use to support their family or supplement their income. And so that is the very short version <laughs> of what we currently do. So it's, it is primarily for people who just have a product they love to make and have an entrepreneurial spirit and want to explore that. So they tend to be the actual makers, right? They're not manufacturing necessarily on a bigger scale yet. Yes. My people are primarily hand makers, really in it, like the, the production person in their business. And then Sometimes there is um, a little bit of a branch out, you know, over time or for assistance, but primarily, yes, they're makers. And you're a maker as well. What do you make? Yes, I am a maker and I ran my handmade business full time for about five years. And now I sort of run my product-based business alongside my service-based business. Hello, welcome Um, to our world. That's exactly what we do. (laughs) Yeah, right? But my product-based business is custom hand embroidery with an emphasis on text and letters, letter forms. Love it. You know, in our research of you, we were on your Instagram and just so cute, all the things that you make. You know, you had found something that it was like a hand-embroidered recipe, did you say, that you had found? Um, I can't remember exactly what it was, but I just, I love your Instagram. It's so bright and colorful and inviting, and you do an amazing job on there. Thank you. I try. (laughs) So you also have a podcast called the Merriweather Council Podcast? I do, yes. And anyone want to listen to that, please, um, they can find you on iTunes as well, right? Yeah, we'll link it in the show notes. I think it's on all the major podcast players at this point. (laughs) (laughs) So we wanted to bring you on because we are launching our, um, our holiday to halo group coaching mastermind. And you are an expert at sort of prepping for the holiday time because so many of your people are, that's their biggest selling time is the holiday season. So we just wanted you to share with our listeners how you thought they could prep for holidays. So the holiday season, all the things they could start doing now during the summer and what they need to do through Q3 and eventually into Q4 in their biggest selling season. Yeah, I do like to encourage my people, especially as the maker of their product, to be thinking ahead to November, December in like June, (laughs) because I know from my own experience that it's, it really is for the best. If you can start as early as possible planning those holiday specific products, if there's going to be any deciding whether there's going to be any, and then if there are going to be any, what are they going to be? How, what are they going to look like? What are we prototyping? Um, sampling, photographing them, figuring out the finer details of any new products that are being added. I mean, there's just so much that goes into all of this that it's best that people just give themselves enough time to kind of think through all of it so they can be as profitable as possible in December. Um, And especially with the, in the maker world, 
we do see, and I know this is somewhat for all retail, but a little bit of a lull in the summer as people are, you know, off their regular schedule, they go on vacation, they're out of the house all day. So I try to encourage them to focus on prepping for December instead of getting all caught up in their like misery about having slower sales in the summer. So for me, a lot of it is like that positive focus of thinking ahead rather than like getting all, you know, in yourself about it's slow right now and having anxiety over it. Yeah. Summer slump hits all industries. I think that's why it's so um, amazing how Jeff Bezos came up with Prime Day to basically inflate the economy in the slowest month of the year for retail. And so um, I think that's for all makers. And um, I... For manufacturing, I don't know what it is in the fashion industry, but for if you're uh, importing from China or anything like that and manufacturing from them, July is the very latest that you should think about it. So same, you know, June, July, that sort of thing. And you're not making those products. It's some other people that are making it. So definitely prepping ahead. Um, Do you find that your makers make special things for the holidays then? Yeah. I, so a lot of like the big thing, probably in large part because Etsy is so obsessed with customization and personalization. Um, it has sort of trickled down to the makers that they're doing a lot of like either personalized Christmas goodies, ornaments, stockings, things like that, that you really can't make ahead of time. <laughs> um, or they're doing very specific like for the Christmas season because in the in this maker timeline you can kind of bring a product to market like a week after you made it up you know so if you are (laughs) if you if it's November and you do have a brilliant idea for something for Christmas like you could produce it rather quickly and put it out there rather quickly and so I think that people do like to sort of tap into those like seasonal holiday trends. Um, so yeah, they're definitely making like holiday specific items every year. We like to see when your business is slow, like whatever season that is that you're working on your business instead of in your business. So right yeah. now, for example, Mina's, this is Mina's big time for her product because doing both. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so if we're prepping for Q4 for holiday, um, and so they're, they're slow and you're saying like how to, you know, keep a positive mindset during the slow season. What are some things that you would tell them to do during the summer to sort of clear their mind and, and get into a more positive space? Well, I definitely always encourage them to go through all of their inventory, get rid of, like this would be a great time for like a flash sale on stuff you like really want to get rid of. Um, similar, I guess, to like a prime day, but on a very small scale, Um, you know, go through everything. What are you using? What are you not using? Make sure you have what you think you're going to need, what you know you're going to need. Ordering things ahead of time. Like, I think that is probably one of the smartest things people can do. Go through all of their printed materials, postcards, business cards, whatever. Give them a little facelift make whatever you want. If you, sometimes I know people do like to make a specific insert for their holiday orders that either says, you know, something about returning in the new year or whatever, like seasonally specific language, you can draft that and get that printed. All of these things that are, you know, constants in your business, but that you either want to update 
or upgrade before the crazy starts, I would definitely do it now. (laughs) And then I also think that by virtue of doing that, by going through all your stuff and like taking inventory, it's nice to at the same time or like in conjunction, sort of streamline your space, make your space, uh, you know, test out a new setup or arrange things in a better way. Like you guys know, sometimes there are things just like, oh, it's so annoying. This one little thing like doesn't make sense in my office or whatever, but you brush it off, brush it off. Like now would be the time to do all those things that you've like brushed off and make them so that, you know, like right now they're really just little annoyances, but like in the like big upswing of like holiday insanity, all of those things that are slightly annoying become like massive issues. (laughs) Yeah. And add a Christmas tree, right? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) A Christmas tree and some presents. There's no (laughs) That's the thing too, is like, because it's not just a crazy like business time. It's like crazy for everybody in regular life. Like even if you don't have a business, like it's a busy time of year and there's things you want to enjoy just as a regular person with your friends and your family and, you know, do those holiday things. So you want to make it easy for you to run your business, like as easy and streamlined as possible to run the business and do it in a way that like everything is set up for success. Like all of your customer communications can be better and more streamlined and not as many back and forths. And so then you free up time to do other things. And if you're not worried about what am I posting on social media on December 15th, You don't have to, you know, spend time on that. On December 15th, you can, you know, have that plotted out and all those little things that you do. Like I find most people do have the time to take care of these things in the summer months. But after like September, they're like, I don't have any time left now. (laughs) So even those little things like come December whatever, however long it takes you to make something, let's say December 5th, that's the very last day that you can customize something and get it in time for Christmas. So like making a note of that canned response or that canned wording that you're going to post on your website saying last day, get your order in before Christmas, you know, and then that way you can copy and paste. And then on that day, December 5th, you know, you need to put that up and then you don't have to think about it. You know, yeah, plotting out like when your deadlines are going to be and when you're going to be communicating those deadlines to people. For for me, I've noticed like with especially with the makers, because I mean, some of this probably applies to um, your people, too. But the 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 shipping, like you have to send the thing in the mail. Right. So that takes like three to five days off the back end of when someone would want to have it, then you have your, your production time, you know? And then, so like, that's the ordering deadline is like on the very end of both of those things. So sometimes that ordering deadline, depending on what you're selling is like the very first or second day of December, or even like the end of November, if people have like a long term, a long processing time. So I try to encourage people like Let's make that processing time as short as possible so you can maximize this very small window of opportunity because, you know, your average person, like some very prepared people do think about buying Christmas gifts like all year or in the summer or in September. But your average person is like, oh, Thanksgiving. And then I think about Christmas. Mm -hmm. So between like Black Friday and your average like cutoff day for shipping stuff, minus actual shipping time for your, you know, and the processing time is like, 
it's like 17 or 18 days of the year that people can order from like your average maker for Christmas. It's amazing. So, like, you have to maximize like those 18 days. Like you should be doing nothing but making stuff like filling orders and you don't want to be like drafting emails, you know, like do that stuff now. Mm-hmm. Ordering your boxes that you need to ship out, you know, that type of yeah. thing too, because I totally agree. It's so hard when you come to that season and then you're just like, oh my goodness, I have to order these boxes because I didn't get the right size. <laughs> you know, yeah, it's just, that's not what you want to be doing like December 3rd at all. <laughs> really. And then you got to wait for them to get to you. And, you know, even at that point, like two business days or like Amazon prime rate is it's still slow. It feels slow. You know, like it's, you want to just make sure all that stuff is in in house, ready to go, so you can just focus solely on like filling the orders that you get and making maximizing the time you have to make more orders, basically. So I love what you said about having a holiday insert. Uh, let's talk a little bit about packaging. Do you package differently when you're making stuff for the holiday season? You know, as far as like this shipment that gets sent out? Do you put a, you know, I actually got something from Etsy the other day. Actually, it was this thing in in my background. She wrapped it in gift wrap for me. And I thought that was so nice. It actually is, um, I don't know what these are called, paper fans. Mm -hmm. (laughs) What are these mysterious things? (laughs) Um, Paper fans in my background that I had for their birthday for little labels that ended up not being used. And I just have it up anyways. But um, yeah, she wrapped it in gift wrap. And then since I saw it as a present, I gave it to my uh, seven-year-old to open it up and she thought it was really cool. Yeah. um, Do you do that? Do you encourage people to do something special during the holidays or what are some packaging tips? Yeah, I, I do wrap. I don't necessarily call it like gift wrap, but I do wrap things throughout the year at the holiday time. Maybe I'll switch it out for like a more like snowflakey sort of a tissue or something. Try not to get too like denominational with it, but something seasonal. Um, and then even then like seasonal is like relative, but (laughs) (laughs) otherwise, but, um, I, I do like to encourage people to at least offer gift wrapping and like make it really easy for a person to tell you whether or not you're sending this directly to a recipient and encourage them to allow you to do that. If that's an option at all, because that cuts down on some of the turnaround for, you know, you got to send it to them. They got to send it to the person. Makes it easier for both parties, really. Um, and I do think that at at holiday time, that's something that people do look for is like, will it come wrapped and done and ready? I think that people creating beautiful product like arrivals is really fun, especially obviously at the holiday time. But I also do like to encourage people not to get carried away because it can become like its own, like it can become its own thing. Like Mm -hmm. I got to do all of this for just to wrap the thing. And it's like, okay, ultimately, like we all like to have this beautiful experience, but like ultimately all of this is ending up in the trash. So let's be aware of that, like environmentally and like cost wise, you don't want to be driving up your costs over, you know, fancy wrapping paper. Um, Obviously that's a choice everybody can make for themselves, but it's something to be aware of. Like, for both again for both parties too like on your end on, and on their end and costs and things like that but i think you know gift wrapping is always nice like even you're saying in the middle of the summer it's nice when something arrives and it feels like a gift so whatever people can do for that i think is a nice touch 
Yeah, the, the whole unwrapping process. I actually ordered Mina's birthday present through Etsy as well because I was getting something customized and I wanted something special. And um, I ordered one for myself and it came in like a really cute little box with a sticker yeah. and, a, and a ribbon around it. And so I ordered one for her. It was I didn't know how it was going to get to you, but it came gift wrapped. And then I got one for myself and my daughter's like, what'd you get mommy? I was like, I bought myself a present. <laughs> so there is something, I think the makers and Etsy, there's this personalization and there's a little yeah. bit more of a, a closeness. And yeah. I think for our product bosses that are listening, there's something to consider if you're shipping directly to your customers, especially in that season, it's that connection. So it doesn't feel as mass, but maybe yeah. there is some sort of note that's dropped in there. Um, you know, something a little bit special, but I agree with you. Let's not get carried away and crazy, like crinkle cut paper falling out of places and, <laughs> and no glitter, no glitter. <laughs> Confetti. Don't mess up their house. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah you don't, you, and I mean, people, if there's so many like beautiful ways to wrap things that like, I could just see people getting like, so almost like distracted, like by that, <laughs> it's like, that's not the, you know, you want to make sure that you're still focused on what you're doing, just doing it a little bit better. Mm-hmm. And I think what you're saying too is so true that it feels a little bit more person to person than like business to person mm-hmm. <laughs> when there is like a little bit of wrapping and personalization there. Yeah. Versus if you do buy off of Amazon, which we all do, but it comes like those giant bubbles or like I'll get, yeah. I'll order little labels, but it'll come in a giant box. So like a single yeah. bubble wrap. <laughs> I've had the personal messages of people saying, why don't you ship in smaller boxes? <laughs> like Amazon ships those. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so what are some tips that you would offer people to prep? So let's say in the summer, they're sort of cleaning things up and they're thinking about the things they need to do, but let's call it September, October, maybe into November. What are some key things you think they should focus on to prep for holiday? This episode was brought to you by our new mastermind program, Holiday to Halo. You get the guidance of both myself and Jacqueline as your coaches inside an amazing group of fellow product-based business owners. Starting in September, we'll be getting a head start and ramping up to make a big impact on sales for the Cyber Five, which is Thanksgiving through Cyber Monday. Then on to Christmas revenue strategy and to boost your growth into the new year, We'll be setting your business up for Halo sales into Q1. We would love for you to join us. Go to theproductboss.com slash mastermind for more information. Well, I would definitely encourage people to think about their marketing efforts now. What kind of a marketing plan do they want to deploy? (laughs) What is that going to involve? Does it involve making any videos? Does it involve making any like time lapse, whatever? Um, Because you can do all of that ahead of time and save it. You know, if there's emails that you're going to want to write, draft them, or at least plot them out. I think calendars creating any kind like a very specific holiday calendar is very important, which um, is helpful for seeing the big picture, but, but also for those days where you feel like, I don't know what to even be doing today. (laughs) There's always something there. If you can, if you've plotted out the calendar, then you can just check in with yourself. Like, this is what I should be working on now. So like, even, even like you guys were saying, if your market is like at back to school time, I have people who like their big holiday is Mother's Day or Easter, springtimey, and they don't really care either way about Christmas. 
but it's like, no matter what that busy time is, the six to eight months before it should be like all about making that experience the best it can be for you and streamlining it. So the calendar is huge. I love to encourage people to make the calendar. We have a guide for all of this. It's called the summer unslump and unslump is an acronym for, you know, all the seven parts that we think are the most important for focusing on in those lead up months. And the calendar is like huge. I think that is the best starting point, figuring out when to do like figuring out that ordering deadline, (laughs) probably the first most important date, and then working on all the things that are going to lead up to getting people to ordering, putting them on the calendar, and then getting all of anything, anything that can be done ahead of time should be. Do it. A lot of my people are getting orders for things that you really can't fully make ahead of time, like personalized whatevers. And, you know, you want to leave as much time in the moment that people are ordering it to fill those orders. So by doing all this other stuff, you'll be able to free up more time for making product. So so we'll link that in our show notes too, so that our listeners can jump on over and, and download that if, if, yeah, if they want it. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think it'd be, I think it'd be great. I mean, we, all of us do our calendars differently. Mina, Mina actually shared with me when we first um, started working together, the way that she did her calendar, where she would plan out at least the next three months on like a mini calendar and then move it to a bigger calendar and mm-hmm. now share our Google calendar. So there's just so many places that you look depending on what you're yeah. doing. And then like you said, a marketing calendar. So speaking of marketing and your beautiful Instagram, what kind of tools do you use then? Like, do you use Tailwind to schedule out posts? What, what do you do to sort of shortcut once you've planned it out to sort mm-hmm. of put it out there and have it all automate for you so that you can keep working in your business? Yeah, I do use Tailwind. And I, I think that Pinterest especially can be a very powerful place for people <laughs> at the mm-hmm. holidays. I mean, all year, but especially at the holidays. So I definitely use Tailwind. I was using Edgar. You guys know me, Edgar. Me, Edgar. It's so expensive, right? (laughs) It is expensive. I was happy to pay it though, but then it had all these issues with posting to groups, Facebook groups. Mm -hmm. And that was like primarily what I was using it for. So I I canceled it. And so now that only as of like three days ago. So I'm like right in the middle of trying to figure out what's going to replace Edgar, but I've been manually scheduling things out as far in advance as Facebook will allow me to do that to replace Edgar. And I think that that sometimes like just actually even physically being the person who's like, I have put this in and scheduled it, like gives you a sense of like, I did it and I know it's getting done. Cause like sometimes with automation, it's like, what is like, you know, you have to kind of check in on it. But I love, like you guys mentioned, canned responses. Um, I think those can be incredibly useful. Things like Boomerang in your email. Um, Etsy has a thing that's very similar. It's essentially canned responses, but it's called snippets. So preloading snippets and all the canned responses I think is huge. And then um, I do a lot of like video stuff or creating like moving imagery for social media. And I just do those whenever I'm able to and save them. And I am a sort of a purist with Instagram and do manually post everything to Instagram. So none of that is automated (laughs) right now, but I would love to have something that could automate Instagram the way I'd want it to be. I just haven't found it yet. I've been having 
quite the time with Tailwind lately because I think there's a little bit of issues between that auto post since it's a business page and it's mm-hmm. not actually auto posting because it's not linked to my Facebook account, even though it is. So right. I same I'm in the same boat where I'm sort of frustrated with that learning curve and and figuring it out. So I'm like, I'll just do it. So yeah. <laughs> disappeared I feel in the like- beginning of the day, like for an hour while I'm trying to post things. My husband's like, Where are you? I was like, on Instagram. <laughs> yeah. I feel like those those channels where you do have more of a opportunity and likelihood of connecting like directly with people like Instagram, it sort of makes sense to just do it manually and just be present there. But with something like Pinterest, where like you really don't have like one-to-one interactions with people, like it totally makes sense to just automate all of that. Mm -hmm. So what would you say, like if you were to tell somebody the one place to go to as a product biz, would you say Pinterest, Instagram, Facebook, or would you tell them to focus if they can only focus on one? Uh, That's such a hard question. (laughs) I know that like the logical answer is like Instagram, but I think that there's so much power in Facebook that people don't know about. And I know there, there is some overlap there. Um, I know that Instagram though is like people are more inspired by it. And so it's easier for them to get to use and learn to use. So I guess I would say Instagram because I know that people will put the effort in there, even though it's, I don't understand Instagram at all. Like, <laughs> like I just, I'm like, I'm using it. It sometimes works, I guess. It feels like a lot of work for a lot of nothing sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just have like a turbulent relationship with Instagram myself. But I know that other people really do love Instagram. And I know that people will spend the time there. So they may as well, may as well use it while they're there. <laughs> but you have, I mean, you've got a great following on there. So, I, and so like on Facebook, the power of Facebook, what would you say that power is that you really drive with? The thing about Facebook and some of the other platforms too, but Facebook has like, this fully like Facebook is driven on sharing content. Whereas like Instagram is like pretty much you share your own stuff. And then people sometimes, you know, in like these roundabout ways will repost your stuff on Instagram, but like in Facebook, it's like built in, like they want you to share it and things that get shared do better than, you know, things that you just post and no one shares. So like, I think that that possibility, that opportunity for so many people to see it through someone they know, like, or trust sharing it is huge. And I know that Instagram, you know, there are apps that you can repost stuff, but they're not like native and they're not like in the thing, you know, how it's like Pinterest is based on people sharing other people's stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think so. That's really the power of Facebook is that shareability. And also, I don't know if you guys have read his book, Barry Gain- <laughs> Gary Vaynerchuk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, his book is called Crushing It. It's all about the different social media platforms. And his thing is like Facebook will work for anything. Like long, long text posts are okay on, on Facebook. Just a video with no text is okay on Facebook. Pictures are great on Facebook. Like all kinds of content works there. Whereas Instagram is like, you really need that image. And then maybe sometimes people read what you wrote Mm -hmm. (laughs) or Twitter is like, you can only put short stuff. So it's, it's really interesting. That's why I think the power of, you know, Facebook is so underestimated by small business people. But again, the learning curve. (laughs) 
But I think then it's probably dipping your toe into all of them and seeing what sticks. Or like Mina's been treating, was it quarterly for you, Mina? Like you were focusing on a different- Yeah, focusing on one or hiring up for it because there's so many and you can do so many, you can lose so much money on each one. (laughs) So many ways to lose money. (laughs) So many ways. And and then it's just figuring out that that learning curve is steep. I mean, it's usually a quarter long where until you get, unless you really like it, I think you're right. Uh, Instagram has a low barrier of figuring it out. Whereas Facebook, you know, you could be a thousand dollars in a Facebook ads and be like, I didn't learn a darn thing. (laughs) That's true. That's true. Um, But I wanted to ask you about giveaways. Do you ever do any giveaways or encourage giveaways for your makers? I haven't done... <laughs> I haven't done a giveaway in a while, but I do think they're fun. I don't know if I've ever like cracked the code on making them like go viral or anything. I think it probably ultimately depends on what you're giving away mm-hmm. um, and how easy it is to enter. So I've always, you know, when people have asked me about it, I've always told them like, just make it really easy for people to enter because you don't want them like going all over the place, like have to do all these things and jump through all these flaming hoops for the very small possibility of winning something. (laughs) Um, I feel like Q4, people are more apt to sign up for giveaways, you know, whereas like, because they're in that buying mood and they're in that like, oh, let's win all these giveaways mood. <laughs> yeah, no, I definitely think like whatever, when, when you're doing it, like the timing probably makes a huge difference too. Um, but I, I don't have a lot of experience with them, so I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I'd love to learn because I think it can be probably really powerful, but you don't want to end up giving something away and like feel like you got nothing out of it. So. Right. I think that, you know, how you were saying, like sometimes like my, for instance, my back to school is really important and I don't mm-hmm. focus a lot on Christmas, but I do a hundred percent believe that Q4 and Q1 are my import, most important quarters of every single year. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's if I participate in Christmas or not. It's just the mood that people are in and the mindset Mm -hmm. that they're in. So it's like the buying season, the giveaway season. So if I'm doing any sort of marketing, just, you know, that's one thing I do think about is that in Q4 is when they're making the most buying decisions and Q1 is when they're making the most purging seasons and buying other stuff, Mm -hmm. you know? And so it's important for you know product businesses to keep that in mind because I think people transition in those times with greater buying power, you know, because they're like buying gifts, they're buying, they're redoing their house and whether they do Christmas or Hanukkah, you know, it's, it's like everything changes for them in those two quarters for the most part. Otherwise it's just like, sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't for summertime. You know, our summers over here are very boring. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, that's no, I think that's definitely true. And then especially like January, people are like, treat yourself like did all this stuff for everyone else and hosting people and running all over the place trying to do things for other people it's like time to get back to yourself right right? so like anything that has to do with like self-care or right your person everybody starts a diet (laughs) right I mean, or you clean your house. (laughs) Yeah, is what it is. So I like that though. To tap into that, whether you're selling gifts or not. So I think that's like a really cool. Well, I mean, I'm sure we all kind of knew this, but that Q4 is about gifts for others, and Q1 is about gifts for yourself. So how to just kind of twist your what you sell 
into mm-hmm. what you're going to give away and what you're going to buy yourself and keeping them spending. Because in, I do a lot of activewear clients, like a lot of people doing activewear. And that's January is their biggest season because yeah, everyone's like, I'm getting a gym membership and I'm buying right. cute clothes to motivate me. And so right. it doesn't all have to be about the gym. It's like, how else can you spin it? Like you bought it for this person, now buy it for yourself. So yeah, I think that's all where that, that halo. It's how you market it. So then like if you're marketing for Q4, you'd be like, give this gift. And then you retouch that person that bought for somebody else in January for the halo effect. And then say, hey, now that you bought somebody else stuff, it's time to treat yourself. I love saying it that way because it reminds me of Parks and Rec where they have a day that's like treat yourself day. (laughs) And I feel like I'm treating myself more when I say it that way. So Mm -hmm. (laughs) it makes it okay. (laughs) Definitely the best way to say it. So Danielle, tell our listeners how they can get in contact with you. Sure. So I can be found on Instagram at Meriwether C. Meriwether Council at the time was too long. So it's just Meriwether C. Um, and at MeriwetherCouncil.com. That's pretty then, much the hub for everything. <laughs> and then I wanted to, um, we asked some questions on the podcast for our um, guests, some fun questions. And so I just wanted to do like a rapid fire question and answer with you. Cool. Okay. So the first one is what is your coffee order? I've been really into the iced Americano with uh, two pumps of cinnamon dolce recently. Wow. That's a good one. Um, What is the favorite thing on your desk? Probably my phone. Is that really lame to say? (laughs) (laughs) Everybody's favorite answer. (laughs) And it's probably our most expensive thing other than our computers. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I love my computer too. Any any kind of gadget. Okay. Uh, Finish the sentence. When I pick up my phone, I... Look at Instagram. <laughs> Most people. <laughs> Look at my email. <laughs> you wish you knew how to. Oh gosh, so many things. I wish I was a little bit more athletic and had like any sort of like eye hand coordination. <laughs> Dancing. <laughs> Anything like that. And then what was the last show you binge watched? I recently went back and binge watched the OC. Do you guys remember that? Uh, yes, of course. Good times. Lauren so good. Conrad, of course. <laughs> no, no, no. Not oh, the, is it? no. It's not the, the, that was like the, the real OC. Yeah. <laughs> that was like the MTV OC. This was, the OC I watched was like, you know, with Seth and Ryan. Chris Mica. That's where Chris, Chris was invented. <laughs> and then the yeah. um, soundtracks. I like live by those soundtracks. I love them. Yes. Uh, what should the title on your business card actually say? Oh, Gosh, um, I should probably say always at work. <laughs> Call me anytime, open 24-7. <laughs> no boundaries whatsoever. Yeah. <laughs> Personal boundaries have been excluded from this endeavor. And then do you have an alter ego or stage persona, kind of like how Beyonce has her Sasha Fierce? Uh, no, I don't. But my husband thinks I do. My husband sometimes like he'll be home while I'm like recording something. He's like, who is that person in the other room? It's not you. <laughs> maybe I do. So it's your podcast self, maybe. <laughs> yeah, my podcast voice. And then the last question is, what would you tell baby Danielle now that you didn't know then? Uh, like previous Danielle. entrepreneur Danielle, you know? Yeah. I think I would just tell her like, just do it. Like all the things that you have any ideas about, just try them. There's so many things even now I'm like, I wish I had tried, you know, eight years ago, five years ago, just try everything, do whatever you want. No one, it doesn't matter what anyone thinks. Do it for yourself. Do it. That's well. great. <laughs> yeah. That's things. 
Yep. I agree. So thank you so much for being on the product boss podcast and we'll link um, to how to contact you in the show notes and all the goodies that we discussed in this episode. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thanks, Danielle. Thank you. This episode was brought to you by our new mastermind program, Holiday to Halo. You get the guidance of both myself and Jacqueline as your coaches inside an amazing group of fellow product-based business owners. Starting in September, we'll be getting a head start and ramping up to make a big impact on sales for the Cyber Five, which is Thanksgiving through Cyber Monday. Then on to Christmas revenue strategy. And to boost your growth into the new year, We'll be setting your business up for Halo sales into Q1. We would love for you to join us. Go to theproductboss.com slash mastermind for more information.